I'm Amber Tresca, and this is About IBD. It's my mission to educate people living with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis about their disease and to bring awareness to the patient journey. Welcome to the second of my two episodes with Jenna Ziegler of The Comical Colon. On episode 73, You've Got to Find the Humor in Things, Jenna talked about her ulcerative colitis diagnosis and how that has impacted her life, both positively and negatively. On this episode, Jenna tells more about a second diagnosis that came out of nowhere. She has a presumed diagnosis of a liver disease called primary sclerosing cholangitis, or PSC. She describes how she's had to fight to get both a diagnosis and treatment for PSC. Plus, she shares what she's learned through this journey and gives sage advice for those who live with PSC and for everyone who lives with inflammatory bowel disease. On top of your IBD diagnosis, you also had a, a, a little whammy hit you, um, <laughs> sort of maybe out of the blue. So take me through the journey of something that your doctor found on your labs that maybe wasn't quite right. Yeah. So around December 2017-ish, my doctor discovered I had abnormally high liver numbers. and this was a huge red flag for her because um, she thought that it could be a sign of a disease called PSC, which is actually, it can be an extra intestinal manifestation um, for IBD. And luckily, my GI at the time, uh, this was her specialty. PSC was her specialty. So she saw these liver numbers and she was like, we can't ignore these. We got to investigate. And so she ordered me a whole bunch of tests to kind of figure out why these liver numbers were high, what was going on. Uh, So we did an MRCP, which is similar to an MRI. However, everything came back normal, which was odd. Uh, We did a Fibrospect specialty blood test. Again, everything came back normal. Uh, And then we did a liver ultrasound and finally something abnormal came up, which of course isn't good, but at the same time, it kind of helps get an answer for the liver numbers. Uh, And it suggested that I had fatty deposits in my liver, which is a, a key sign of PSC. You're not a typical PSC patient. I am not. Yet your doctor had a high suspicion of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Was it just because it was her specialty or like what what led her? Because I don't think I'm alone. My liver numbers are sometimes all over the place. And everyone just says, eh, we'll just see how it is next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, yes, it is that doctor's specialty. And also it's her personality type, which thankfully her personality is like mine, where if something's off, we want to like, why is it off? You know, we want to dig into that and figure it out. So it was really concerning that I had these high liver numbers, but then all the tests or almost all the tests we were doing came back normal. And so that just gave us even more drive to figure out why were these liver numbers high? What, what is causing that? Yeah, after we got the results for the ultrasound, she put me on a medication called vancomycin, 
Uh, and this is an antibiotic that is typically used for C. diff infections. There are a handful of patients, or I'm sorry, a handful of uh, GIs and hepatologists who will prescribe it for PSC. So she put me on that basically as a way to avoid any invasive procedures because essentially if I responded well to the drug, so if my liver numbers went down, if I started feeling better, because it also helps with IBD, or I should say it can help with IBD, it can help manage your IBD symptoms. I was in a flare when I started vancomycin, and within six weeks, I was out of the flare. My liver numbers were normal, which was a, another sign that I might indeed have PSC. And I guess I should explain PSC for those who aren't familiar. PSC stands for primary sclerosing cholangitis, and it is a rare autoimmune non-alcohol-related progressive liver disease. So it's intimidating sounding. I was very shocked when my doctor suggested it because I did not have any symptoms besides the high liver numbers. I did not have any physical symptoms at the time. Uh, so what's really interesting is PSC and IBD are thought to be related, but researchers don't really know exactly how. Uh, so, so like IBD, PSC is thought to be caused by a combination of environment, genetics, and microbiome. And then also what's really interesting is about 80% of people with PSC also have IBD. Typically, it's ulcerative colitis. But only about 5% of people with IBD develop PSC. So lucky me, I'm in that 5%, <laughs> which makes me even more uh, a rare case. Yeah, so over the years, I've started getting some symptoms. I, really, only what I have is, is the liver pain, which is um, behind your ribs on your right-hand side. Um, so I do experience that from time to time. But I know others with PSC can experience a full range of other symptoms from uh, nausea to fever and chills to um, cholangitis attacks, which is when there there's inflammation in your bile ducts. Yeah, essentially... What happens if you have PSC is your bile ducts become scarred and they become narrowed and it locks in the bile inside of your liver, which causes fibrosis, which is scarring, which can lead to cirrhosis, which can lead to liver failure. So I was shocked <laughs> when I got this diagnosis, unofficial diagnosis, I should say. Yeah, and we'll continue to talk about that. But yeah. what's interesting to me, too, about you being on this journey with PSC is that, first of all, it is a rare condition. And so did they? Did your physicians go through with you who is a, is a typical PSC patient and why you are not a typical PSC patient? So I would say one of the reasons why I am not a typical PSC patient is because, first of all, my doctor thankfully caught it in the very early stages. So in the early stages of this disease, it is very hard to diagnose because 
some of the tests that I had done came back normal. So really there wasn't enough scarring yet to be seen with those tests. So that's one reason why I'm kind of, why it was hard to diagnose um, is because it was caught in the early stages. But the other reason why I'm not a typical PSC patient is because uh, my gastroenterologist put me on vancomycin, which uh, some GIs and hepatologists do, uh, but many do not. It is, it, it is a less common medication for PSC. So the fact that I'm on it can, can make it difficult to compare, for example, my liver biopsy results because many hepatologists have seen PSC in patients who are not on vancomycin. So it's, there's, ah, man, this is something I've become so passionate about ever since my liver biopsy, because I, I so hope that one day vancomycin becomes a common treatment for PSC because it's, it's saved my life. It, it has saved my life. And I just wish that it was easier for insurance companies to approve. I wish that there was more, uh, research and, and clinical trials being done for this specific brand of Vanco, I, I will say this is important. So I, I want to make sure I mention this. Um, for PSC, it does have to be a specific brand of vancomycin. It does need to be the Ani Pharmaceuticals brand. It's the only one that has been proven to be effective in PSC, at least. C. diff, different story. PSC, it does need to be the certain brand. That's a very good point. It's really amazing that you were sort of in the right place at the right time. Yes. Because another physician for whom this was not an area of focus, I really doubt that you would be receiving treatment. A hundred percent. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. I've thought about that. I've actually talked with my GI about that. Um, I now live in a different state, but I am still in touch with this GI. And we've talked about that and... I mean, if, if this wasn't her specialty or if I was referred to a different gastro, I could potentially be walking around with lots of fibrosis or even cirrhosis, and we would have caught it too late. You mentioned that you had a liver biopsy. Mm-hmm. First of all, it sounds like you your testing went from the less invasive to the more invasive with the liver biopsy, I think, being the most invasive biopsy mm-hmm. being a piece of tissue having to come from your liver, uh, which does not sound like a barrel of laughs. Um, <laughs> do you want to take me through what that was like? Why did they decide that you needed it? And then what the test was like for you? Yeah, totally. So I decided I wanted to get a liver biopsy because the fact that vancomycin was working for me was a pretty positive sign that I did have PSC and I was on vancomycin for about a year when my curiosity started to get the better of me. And I was like, you know what? I I know a biopsy is invasive, but I just, I need to know because there was, without that type of invasive surgery, it can be hard to get that official diagnosis. So I, I needed to know. 
I don't want to be on antibiotics for the rest of my life if I end up not having it. So in January 2019, I moved from California to Tennessee, which I am still in Tennessee now. And I started looking for gastroenterologists and hepatologists who would be willing to do a biopsy on me. And it it took about a year to find a hepatologist who agreed to do the biopsy. The, the reason for this is because I am on Vanco and some doctors just aren't comfortable, which I understand. I can't hold them against that because vancomycin for PSC is not yet approved by the FDA. There are clinical trials, small clinical trials that have proved that it works. It's not approved by the FDA, so therefore not every doctor likes to, to do that. But I did find a hepatologist who was willing to do a biopsy on me. I actually had to do a fibro scan first because like the four or five doctors I saw said that there wasn't enough uh, evidence to warrant doing such an invasive surgery. So four or five doctors in Tennessee you saw? Yes. Yeah. In Tennessee. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I did. I called around. Um, so some of those were just conversations on the phone. I asked them, you know, if they treat PSC patients with Vanco, et cetera. And then I did see a lot of them in person for consultations. And it was kind of a heartbreaking experience because I just felt like PSC can be such an isolating disease because it is a rare disease. And then I had these doctors who just didn't feel like the abnormal liver numbers and abnormal ultrasound were enough to warrant doing this biopsy. So I, I just became a huge, you know, self-advocate. I was like, you know, I, I got to get these answers. I don't care how long it takes me to find this doctor. I'm going to keep searching. So I kept searching and searching. I finally found a local GI who um, scheduled a fibro scan, which is a non-invasive procedure that measures the elasticity of your liver, which can suggest if there's fibrosis or um, like stiffness going on in your liver. And that came back suggesting stage one fibrosis. So with this information, she felt comfortable to refer me to a hepatologist in Atlanta to do the biopsy. So I had that done just a few, just last month in February before the whole coronavirus got crazy. I was barely able to slot that in. It was uh, not a barrel of laughs, as you suggested. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I have to say, like, I have a family member that had this test done as well. And look, there's a lot of different things in my family and we've had a lot of different tests this was the one that sounded like it was really, really challenging mm-hmm. and one that like I would just prefer not. So yeah. that so the fact that you were calling around trying to find someone to do this on you um, is I mean, it speaks to how badly you were needing answers that you mm-hmm. would willingly subject yourself to this. There's people out there that won't even have a screening colonoscopy. Right. And yet you're getting a liver biopsy. So you get to go ahead and you go, and wow, you had to go all the way to Atlanta as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's about a two, two and a half hour drive from my place in Tennessee. So I, yeah, long drive. My husband and I actually drove up the day before to spend the night at a place very close to the hospital because I had to arrive at like 8 
am. So yeah, I, it was such an interesting experience. And I do talk about this on my blog. I have a blog series that talks about, um, my whole liver biopsy experience. Cause it's a long story, but in short, it was so interesting because I was awake during the procedure. <laughs> so, it, I mean, they gave me a sedative, which is not the same as what you get for colonoscopies. And that's what I was expecting. I was expecting to be completely under, have no memory whatsoever, but they have to keep you um, somewhat lucid because you have to be able to respond to verbal commands. You have to be able to hold your breath at the time that they ask you to hold your breath when they insert the needle. So, oh, it was just such a weird experience being awake. I remember almost everything of the procedure. And for me, it was it was pretty painful, but I've talked to some people who don't experience much pain. So it is um, quite different from person to person, kind of how your body reacts to it. For me, there was a lot of pain. <laughs> um, no complications, thankfully. It was just so interesting to this day, being able to remember what I went through. But I'm so grateful that I did. I don't regret it at all. I'm so happy that I took, it took a year to find that doctor. Um, but I'm so happy I just kept pursuing it. And, um, it really helped in my quest for finding answers for my crazy liver. I did get the results the, the following day after the biopsy. And the hepatologist said that I do indeed have scarring around my bile ducts, but I do not have any active inflammation anywhere in the liver, which shocked him because this is not typical um, for PSC patients. Uh, a, a marker for PSC in the pathological results are scarring around the bile ducts and active inflammation. So he wasn't sure, um, but I did speak to my GI from California about it since we are still in touch. And she said, Jenna, your results are exactly the results of all my other PSC patients who are on vancomycin. They have the scarring, but they don't have inflammation. And the theory behind that is that I did have inflammation once upon a time, but the vancomycin absorbed or got rid of the inflammation, but it, it left the scarring, which is not uh, reversible. I, I can't, to this day, I can't say it's a 100% official diagnosis of PSC just because um, there have not been enough studies done of PSC patients on vancomycin um, looking at their liver biopsy results. So it's it's still not official, but it's very, very close <laughs> to being 100% official now. Are there any differentials, however, could this be a different form of a liver disease? I feel like there's, I mean, I've been in touch with my GI about this and, and this was a question I had. I'm like, is it PSE? Could it be autoimmune hepatitis? You know, could it be primary biliary cholangitis? But looking at the results, it's almost certain looking at the pathological results. It's, it's just so close to being a hundred percent that I feel 
confident telling people I have PSC. I think this is the closest I'm ever going to get to an official diagnosis until there are more studies done doing liver biopsies on people on vancomycin and being able to match my results with theirs. It's kind of a bizarre situation. You can't get diagnosed with the thing because the thing is currently well controlled. Yeah. Yes. That's such a good way to phrase it. That's exactly what it is. It's my liver numbers have been stable ever since being on Vanco. It's (laughs) wonderful on one hand, but on the other hand, yeah, it makes it very difficult to, to get those official answers. Have you discussed it all with your hepatologist or one of your gastroenterologists in regards to what your prognosis is or what the next few years might look like for you? Yeah, that's a good question. So vancomycin, um, in, in the studies that my California GI has done, it stops the progression of the disease. All of her PSD patients on vancomycin have not had to get liver transplants if their disease was caught at the beginning, it doesn't even involve two cirrhosis, which is just makes me so happy. Um, Typically with, with PSC or if you're on vancomycin and it just, it doesn't work for you because that can be the case for some people. I've been told that there are four stages of PSC and typically each stage takes a about five years to progress to the next stage. However, it's this disease is so tricky and it really does impact people so very differently. Some people can, it can progress much more rapidly. Um, and for others, they've been living it with it with no medication for, you know, decades and, and they're doing well. So really it's hard to project a prognosis it's very hard, but I feel very thankful to have a doctor who, who put me on vancomycin. I'm hopeful that it's stopping the disease. Are there any sort of diet or lifestyle things that you have changed or that have been suggested to you that could impact PSC at all? Surprisingly, no. Um, I've asked uh, my GI and my hepatologist if there's anything I need to avoid, um, at this point, there's not. And I think partially it's because it was caught in the early stages. So I'm sure it would be different for someone who has, you know, serious cirrhosis. But of course, you, I'm, I'm trying to do the typical like uh, limit processed foods, limit, you know, watch your salt intake because those are really good for just healthy livers in general. So there are small things I'm kind of doing on my own, but there hasn't been like an official, you know, don't eat this, eat this from, from my doctors. Going forward, how will your liver be monitored in order to catch sort of any inflammation, especially if like currently you're, you're asymptomatic and not experiencing any pain or any other symptoms? For me, it sounds like we'll be doing some routine non-invasive uh, procedures like every about two years, I'd say. So that includes the fibro scans, which again is, it's kind of like an ultrasound actually. They rub the little wand thing over your ribs and it measures the elasticity and um, can give you an estimate of the amount of fat in your liver. Also, of course, blood work. I get the blood work done at 
every single one of my infusions, I get intivio infusions for my ulcerative colitis. So I just get the liver number blood work done each and every time. Um, and then there is some specialty blood work that I will start fairly soon. Um, and it can monitor for, uh, any cancer in the liver because that is a risk. That is a concern. Having a liver disease, it, it increases your chance of getting uh, liver cancer. So that's going to be a huge thing for us to monitor through specialty blood tests regularly. This is a lot to deal with. You've got two diseases. <laughs> oh, that's it, right? Just the two, right? I got one more. <laughs> you got one more. What's your yeah. third? I have enteropathic arthritis, so it's um, related to IBD. It's an inflammatory arthritis, mainly affecting my my fingers, shoulders, and elbows at this point. Are you treating for that at all? No, at this point, it's not bad enough to need a treatment. I do exercises, so like shoulder exercises with, with bands. And at this point, it's all I need. Uh, but I, I do have a medicated cream I can use on the bad days or down the road once it gets, if it gets worse. You're a very positive person, but how are you keeping hope through all of this? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> That's a good question. In a way, it's hard for me to answer because I feel like a big part of it is is just my personality. I, I've always been an optimist, and I think having these diagnoses has just made me even more choose to create those silver linings. So it's, oh man, I think for me, it's I just got to focus on what gives me peace, what makes me happy. And really just focus on on those things and fill your mind with those things. It's so easy to snowball and get anxious and get nervous. And of course I do at some points. Everyone experiences that. But I think you just got to find those things that make you happy and pursue them and prioritize them every single day of your life, every single day. I understand from your writings that vancomycin, first of all, it is being used off-label for you and for others uh-huh. in treating PSC. What is the controversy surrounding this, and what are the challenges that you've faced in receiving this medication? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the reason that it's not commonly prescribed is, first of all, it's it's not been approved by the FDA specifically for PSC. Um, when I pick up my vancomycin at the pharmacy every month on the pamphlet, it says common uses, C. diff, PSC is not on there. And the reason for that is because there just simply have not been enough studies or clinical trials done with this specific brand to monitor how they, how it can help people with PSC. So my hope for the future is that there might be more funding in this area and there would be larger clinical studies to to prove its efficacy for treating PSC. I mean, it, it saved my life. And so I'm so passionate about this. But unfortunately, it's it's caused some issues. One of the issues it's caused me is pharmacies may not be aware that it does need to be a certain brand for PSC. So several times the pharmacy has ordered not the right brand and I've had to tell them and then pick it up late a few days later with the correct brand. 
Another issue is that some insurance companies have a maximum quantity of pills um, that you can pick up each month. Typically for PSD patients, it can vary, but the standard amount is 180 capsules per month. And when you are taking Vanco for C. diff, you don't need this many. And so I had to go through this huge, crazy exemption process um, last year with my insurance company. And I actually need to do it again this year because I have to renew it annually. And then I think the other thing that's been really hard is just finding a doctor who is um, willing to prescribe it. And I will say to all you listeners out there, those doctors exist. They are out there. So if you or a loved one are curious, you want to learn more, you you want to try Vanco for PSC, don't stop searching because it is it is hard to find that doctor, but they're out there. So keep looking till you find them. Also, I will say if you are seeing a GI for your IBD, I would highly recommend asking if they can monitor your liver numbers on a regular basis. They might do it every four months, every six months, whatever they feel is right for you. And I know it is only a 5% chance of developing PSC if you have IBD, but I mean, if you can catch it through blood work tests, um, that might be worth considering. Thank you so much, Jenna. I really appreciate all the information that you've given us about PSC. Thank you so much for having me, Amber. I've really appreciated it. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, super listener. Thank you to Jenna Ziegler of The Comical Colon for being so open about her disease journey and for being such a complete delight to work with. You can find Jenna on her blog, thecomicalcolon.com, and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as the comical colon. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, you can find me all over the interwebs as About IBD on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If this is your first episode with me, welcome. I've got plenty more where this came from. So be sure to check out the back catalog of 72 other episodes. If you subscribe to About IBD in your favorite podcast app, you can browse them all, or you can search through them on my website, aboutibd.com. You can find all of this information in the show notes. If this is not your first episode and you're already subscribed, I want you to know something. You're my favorite. Thanks for listening. And remember, until next time, I want you to know more about IBD. About IBD is a production of Mal and Tal Enterprises. It is written, produced, and directed by me, Amber Tresca. Mix and sound design is by Matt Cooney. Theme music is from Cooney Studio. Thanks, Jenna. It was so great talking to you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, that's okay. Sorry. Let me go. Let me do that again. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, at least it happened with that. (laughs) I know. It's my my fault.